You do know there's an A in beach. Is there? No, sorry. Sorry, it's a T. <laughs> sorry, it's a T. T. It's, that's, it's a, that's exactly it's, what I thought. No, I was like, I'm not going to pull him up on it, no, but it's I'm really confused. <laughs> <laughs> it's the T. Sorry, the T is what I was confused about. Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I'm Zach Jackson, joined by Adam Ryan. Hello. Nathan Hennessy. Welcome back. And Jordan Garcia and his sock. Hello, hello. <laughs> Every time you mention the sock. Did you wear that one today? <laughs> Mate, it hasn't moved since the last time on the podcast. Yeah, you should give it a watch, So, man. yes. Nice. Dirty. Very nice. Very nice. How are we all? Good, mate. I'm a bit better than I was there. last week. Adam's always good. He's doing better than most of us. Yeah. I'm not COVID positive, but I'm definitely down with the sickness. It's that Hobart air. <laughs> Wait, I thought you were yeah, COVID mate. positive. No, no, no. I took a, I took a ratty last week because I, I had a wedding like last took week. A ratty. I took a ratty. Come up negative. Felt pretty good by the end of the week. Then went to like a birthday party with people that I heard someone whispering like, yeah, I tested positive recently. So then I was on guard and fuck me and April have been feeling like poop. So we did the old uh, brain swab PCR today and we'll see how tomorrow turns out. It's uh, doing the rounds again. Good old KV caught it over the weekend. Rest in peace, my friend. Uh, and some of the other lads that are uh, big fans of the show, old Simon Blackburn, caught it as well. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. I guess it's going to happen because he was in a, a pretty crowded event, eh? He was. The only, Everyone's the only all up one, in the F1. The last one remaining is big old Buddy Watson, who's still negative. Negative rats, but we'll see. Oh, no, yeah. you, you're going strong, to be honest. Me? Out of all of us, yeah, it should be you. I didn't go. Yeah, Absolutely. No, I know you didn't go to the F one. Oh. <laughs> oh, we, no. we mean you're very, you're very know, person to person job. Mate, I was, yes, I know. Can I, I was, say oh, yeah. all the F one talk I've seen over the past week because it's obviously just been in Melbourne and just the, like eh, all all the gamers, everyone's gotten huge into F one over the past what year, two years or so, and Never. sympathetic. Like I kind of want to have a little bit of a look into it. But like any sport or anything like that, it's just I don't know where the entry way is. Like I just don't know how to get a foot in the door. I've always had half an interest in F one. Um, what yeah. you could do is you could try that um, F one NFT game they got shut down, where they, they shut down, to, mate. Yeah, it's, it, it completely closed down, and uh, you can buy the rights to it. Exactly. <laughs> but the best part is, is the Melbourne Grand Prix track they had was in Sydney. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Love hey. that. It's just up the literally, road, in fairness. Yeah, no, literally, like, you went through the Opera House, and then, like, geographically speaking, the second half of the track was may as well have just been underwater. Amazing. how long it would take to drive an F1 car to from Melbourne to Sydney? I don't even know what the logistics of it is, because I don't know how often they need to be, like, pitted. Like, would you just be able to cruise up the highway at 100 nice and safe? <laughs> Mate, you'd be... Probably stolen a hundred. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 
So uh, their top speed, roughly, is 370 k's. Oh, that makes me nervous. I can I can run faster than that. That is fast. <laughs> you, but that's best, insane. Best F1 game, Trackmania. Trackmania oh, Turbo? Yeah. yeah, why not? I got oh, no issue with Trackmania I did 360k's. I reckon I'd shit myself. Oh, I absolutely <laughs> would. <laughs> that is... In fact, I wonder if that's a thing. You know how like, like shitting yourself, you know, yeah, pi- people like, piss, piss themselves and stuff like that. I wonder if F1 drivers shit themselves. Yeah, like Rob, Old Hamilton's like got a diaper sponsorship, mate. <laughs> Does he actually? No. Oh. 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 I don't know. I don't watch. No, he, he endorses them for free. <laughs> yeah. got, like, he must have like bowels of steel. Oh. me. <laughs> Jesus. I tell you what, you need bowels of steel for eating curried scallop pies. That's that's. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to this, though, eh? I was just uh, thinking earlier today, like, damn, I'd love to get one. I'm going to Tassie probably in, like, June, and you've, you've kind of made it top of my list. You're just making me glad that I haven't had dinner yet, because that would just make me sick here in that. Curried scuttle of wraps. All right, let's get, uh, let's get stuck into it, shall we? Video games. This week is very... There's nothing. There's no news. There's no reviews. There's fuck all to talk about. So we've got a topic that we'll discuss bit later but has anybody played any video games at all yes okay well that's that then i guess there you go <laughs> you never asked what? us to elaborate you just asked if we played exactly see jordan uh, would you be so kind as to elaborate how much money you got final fantasy that's a separate Destiny. question no. nope <laughs> the division nope tetris columns Oh, Colin. Shout out to Colin. Big fan of the podcast. Fuck. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fucking Colin. I'm going to have to interview uh, the developer or the creative columns to see where he got the idea. What, what nationality do you know? <laughs> uh, I'm, ex- I'm expecting Russian just for no apparent reason. So, that's, Jordan, you, you, uh, you tell us what you've been playing and I'll find out. Um, well, of course you'll find out because I'll tell you. Um... So I've been playing a, a bit of Fortnite. I did like one of the new yes. no build mode and then yes. I went back to save the world. Okay. Because uh, uh, save the world is still freaking awesome. Uh, and, is it? You know, it is. Uh, and I never you, played it. You said, still, you said still like it was awesome to begin with. I don't know if that's Well, no, it wasn't awesome mate. to begin with, but it's been really good for about two years. And yeah, right. save the world is the PVE. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I never played it, and it's good. Oh. See, the no build mode, I was saying in April just last week, I really want to get back I, Well, get back into it. I never really got into it, but I'd love to get into Fortnite now with the no yeah. build mode because that was always my issue. I the build up was always it. the winner. Yeah, I definitely recommend it because I would argue Fortnite has some of the best-feeling guns in the, ga- in, like, the industry as well. They feel yeah. so good to shoot. Fortnite is a very tight-feeling game, yeah. despite the fact that it's amongst our culture that we just have to kind of shit on a little bit. Because yeah. it's a Zuma game, but no, I respect it. But yeah, so I actually, uh, I bought the new Battle Pass because I get free V-Bucks being a founder of Fortnite. Oh, can you show um, us a dance on camera, mate, just for us? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but I was surprised to learn that they are actually allowed to progress the Battle Pass in Save the World now. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Um, I, right. It is capped per day how much progress you can make through, which I find a bit annoying because it's inherently slower anyway. But still, oh. okay. um, mm-hmm. it is still cool, and it, it, I guess it makes sense because uh, 
about a year ago, they made it so any Battle Royale cosmetics you had could actually be applied in Save the World, which is a, That's a cool. nice change. You're selling um, me. Uh, honestly, if you buy... Like, they have a pack right now which has, like, a skin and Save the World, and then, like, you can get 1,500 V-Bucks from inside Save the World right now. It's, like, 25 bucks or something. On that, um, what I used to do, uh, Amazon used to sell the Fortnite Deep Freeze bundle or something in, like, a like yep. a switch case with a code in it. And they yep. used to sell it real cheap, like five bucks or something like that. So whenever anyone had a birthday, I'd get their address and just anonymously send them a copy for their birthday. And they'd be like, <laughs> oh, put this copy of Fortnite. Like I got April one and it's still sitting in its seal. I give it some shit about it every few months. Like April, when are you going to play Fortnite with me? It's still in its plastic. Ungrateful. <laughs> I, I love that so much. Just a, a random Fortnite drop. That's that's great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, on top of that, I played a, a little bit of Sea of Thieves because uh, that was a, a, a double rep how, week. How's that kicking? Because I haven't played that in a very, very long time. How's, uh, how's it going? It's still fun. You know, the, the always on PvP is still ostensibly the worst part of it. Just because, yep. you, know, you know, you're minding your own business and all of a sudden some just like flies across the map and just domes you in the head. Yeah, um, that's been my experience it. every time. <laughs> Uh, but there are some unique experiences. Like one time when I played, I uh, there was a hacker in the lobby, and the entire lobby banded to fight against this hacker, <laughs> which is really awesome. Uh, but yeah, uh, what else have I played outside of that? Uh, not much else really. Just uh, those two things. That sounds like a hefty time. What about you, Adam? Um, I have not been playing a great deal because I had a couple of mates stay a few nights and we mainly just played board games um so i'll talk about board games instead we played over the course of a couple days probably like eight hours of the dark souls board game hell uh, yeah which kicks all kinds of ass that that game is very solid like it's it's very like mechanic heavy as you would expect from like a, a from soft adapted board game but it has that same excellent feeling of you grind and you grind and you grind. And then just before you're about to, to fail, you finally take out the boss and progress to the next area and you get all of your sparks back from your, your yeah. bonfire. So more or less like the amount of times you can die before the game's over. And it, it's, it's so satisfying and it's, it, it, it hits that exact spot that the, the FromSoft games do when you're stuck on a boss, you can't, can't get past it, and then you finally have that run where you break through. So really, really fantastic that they managed to to capture that in a board game. I, um, I think its biggest point as well is it's so quick to set up. Yeah, because like it's all like that. You can set up in like 10 minutes. Yeah, it's all tile-based, like it's and yeah. the, the room encounters are random. So if you have the minis within arm's reach, you can just whack them on there and you're, you're done. Yeah. So, yeah, for a game that size and scale, it, it really is very, very quick. I, also, um, I, and it, I, I love the boss fight mechanics, like how it has its angles and stuff. So, so good. It feels, like, it feels like a Dark Souls fight. Like it, yeah. it actually just does, does on a board, which is fantastic. Um, but I also bought Parks recently, which is pretty much on the complete opposite side of the board gaming spectrum. It's very relaxed. Um, it's about nature. Like it's about visiting the, the 59 different national parks within the U S and you 
take on yeah taking yeah as as Nathan is miming into <laughs> into that our was chat. my um, mimed question because I wasn't sure I thought it had something to do with taking photographs yeah, thematically. So, yeah, so one way that you can gain points is by taking photos of different landmarks around these national parks, um, and visit visiting them is more or less purchasing cards from a lineup, uh, and then you build points that way as well. But it's it's very much just about moving your little hiker across there the trail, seeing different sites, collecting different resources, and visiting parks. It's absolutely drop dead gorgeous mm, um mm. it's got art from the 59 parks art run which is they got 59 different artists to do uh these prints from the 59 different parks in the u.s and they combine them all into this little game and it's yeah it's phenomenal but mm. yeah in lieu of video games this week that's been my my board game my board gaming. So yeah, it's been very good, but not very digital this week. Very analog, which I'm okay with. Uh, still sounds pretty well played. Um, yeah. I, so Adam showed me a, a photo of his park setup and I, and I was, I was aware of the game and some of the visuals, but I hadn't seen it like laid out on a table. It looks stunning. Definitely yeah, worth gorgeous. having a quick Google image squeeze. It's a very, very pretty table presence. For mm. sure. And yeah, it just, it builds and builds as the game goes on. It's one of those that, it starts off a bit reserved and then by the end of the game, you've just got all of this beautiful artwork and all of these excellent little wooden, uh, little wooden meeples and resources all over the place. And yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Couldn't recommend more. Hmm. Zach, nice. what have you been playing, mate? What have you got on your, your weekly radar? He's been playing Some Elex columns. one, right? Some columns. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, I might play columns. It's on Steam. Anyway, I found who it's probably runs in a web browser, mate. I want to pay for it. That's the kind of bloke I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can get it on Steam too. Anyway, uh, one dollar thirty-five. Turn it up. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it is designed by or created by a guy called Jeff Gerst. Uh, Jeff Gerstein. G- yeah, Gertzen. Sorry, Je- no, Jay Gertzen. I got confused with Jeff Gertzman from Bloody Giant Bomb. I was um, going to say. <laughs> Jay, Gert, Jay Gertzen. Uh, in, Nash. it was, uh, well, he's American, if you couldn't tell from that name. Um, I couldn't. <laughs> Thank you. Well, there you go. Hmm. Uh, yeah, an American developed that. Uh Develop, uh, first released in eight, uh, 1989. So there you go. Shout outs to LJ. I know he's a big fan. Um, Hopefully I don't think he is. I'm going to buy that right now. Does it have con- control support? Partial control support. Mate, no. it's columns. You only need part of a controller. No. D-pad. I want full dual sense <coughs> haptic feedbacks. The whole experience. Uh, I also have been playing next to nothing. I've actually got a. I do have a review game that I'm playing. So, uh, columns too. Huge. No. Uh, so uh, yeah, been been playing a little bit of that. But I've also in the downtime been playing Ghost of Tsushima still. So, hey, nice. I'm enjoying it. I'm sick. Of, I'm kind of sick of those. Uh, you know that fight I said like last time was pretty cool. <coughs> real like real cinematic. The, the one with the samurai. Him. Yeah, the one we. So I've done multiple of those now, and they all like they're all the same. So I feel like there's yeah. no. Um, 
they don't really yeah like if there was one uh fight i don't know who it was against but it was one today i played it was a like a side mission where i had to um it's like the spirit the spirit of yakawara whatever it's what was was it was like a side mission uh, 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 yeah i i va- i think vaguely i know what you're on about yeah. anyway um yeah it was again it was the same thing you know i i've yeah so they they're kind of losing the appeal a little bit like they don't really feel any different you know i could fight one person you know the boss fight and then i go and fight another, another person in, in the same style of fight and it's the same fight um so that's a bit bit of a bummer but anyway uh that but that's it that's all i got for you so uh my review of tunche will be up by this time this podcast is done i was meant to have it done last week but i didn't do it i don't really have an excuse i just didn't do it uh life 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 as um don't know i was gonna say some like 90s song but i can't remember who sang it so like lighthouse family or something but i'm not like you to forget a song so look was it was it lighthouse family that sung the song life (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is it on Steam? <laughs> Good one. Life's a Dream is the song they sang. So, no, in- I was incorrect. Anyway, um, all right. Well, that's pretty much all I'm we've got waiting. for you. You don't know what I'm oh, Sorry, yeah. I, my audio <laughs> dropped out, so I thought you guys must have already discussed it all. Ah, uh, the old disconnected audio, yeah. Um, no, look, 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 dabbled with a little bit of uh, Tiny Tony's Wonderworld. Um, my little brother's getting into that at the moment. He's been nagging me to play with him, but um, seems like the crossplay is having some issues. He's on PC, I'm on PS5. Oh, and... I was going to say, is, is he playing on Switch because it's a kid's console? <laughs> Jeez, you snuck that <laughs> in how, there, didn't you? How, how young do you think he is? The dude's like, dude's like a bouncer in Launceston. He's like 25 or something. He'll, he'll knock you down. He's huge. Um, they have bouncers in Tasmania? they got like, oh, in Hobart, right? The strip club? Mm-hmm. Right, oh, no word of a lie, no word of a lie. And if Adam doesn't know this, he certainly will. The strip club is the He's door next strip. to the center link. And yeah, yeah, it, when you walk the path between them, the gutter is full of nangs. I don't know, mate. That's called nangs. environmental storytelling. <laughs> you don't know what nangs are? That, that, now, that, that's world are. building. That is yeah. what a combo. Center strippers and nangs. Now, now Adam, I, I, I need you to be honest with us. How, how many of those nangs are yours? I've never Mate, done that. I, I but I would, but I haven't. <laughs> but um, and, and as a brief aside, of course, Hobart has a Nang delivery service that runs into the late evenings. I, I don't know if you know. No, that they either. don't. They can't. They absolutely one hundred percent do. Yeah, they got aren't Nangs they... on demand, and they ro- operate until about midnight, seven days a week, or something like that. Aren't Nangs illegal? No, mate. Nangs no. are just canisters to, that you put in whipped cream containers. Yeah, I, I just need to fill are. up my whippy, mate. That's all. I just accidentally mm. happened to shove it in, in my mouth. That's, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, a little bit of Tiny Tonys and, uh, yeah, made a bit more progress in Dishonored and got to see the fabled Clockwork Mansion four chapters in. And, and it's a thrill. It really is. That's, uh, that web, I, I, the, the hype was, you know, it's one of the best, um, best single levels in a uh, video game of all time. 
man, absolutely. The, the way that it's designed is, is, is astounding. The, the way that all the floors move and the walls fold out. And whilst it's in motion, you can sort of crawl in behind the walls into the clockwork and navigate up and behind it. And there's just so much ways to, so many ways to approach that stage in terms of just how ingenuitive you can be in terms of navigating this ever-shifting mansion. It was, it was stunning. But the game stresses me out something phenomenal. And I don't know if you've encountered it, Zach, but I, I get really stressed out because at the end of each level, you get an assessment. You get this kind of compass chart that says, you know, if you've been good or bad, if you've killed or anything, but it's really heavily weighted. It's like you kill a couple of people and all of a sudden you're just like an absolute lethal asshole. It doesn't punish you too bad, <laughs> but I've always got that anxiety that I'm going to get a mm. bad ending yeah. simply because I played the game a different way. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just playing it as I would uh, just, uh, I'm being cautious, but you know, if I have an altercation and the fists come to blows and someone dies, they die. So I'm hoping I don't cop a bad ending. Because I mean, that's how I approach real life. Mm, so I, I do a bit of save. I find I'm like quick saving all the time, mm. just in case I get to a big altercation and uh, a quick load. But that kind of kind of defeats the purpose a little bit. So I'm not in love with that, but that's just my approach to the game. So I kind of sting myself. It's still a phenomenal game, but it stresses me out because I've always like, oh, am I playing it right? Am I going to sting myself? But I'm almost there. It's probably a discussion for an, another time, but I think that's why I lean more towards linear games or games that don't have branching narratives or multiple endings because of that, because I get fucking stressed. Oh, Mate, you, say, you <laughs> say that, but you've been playing Elden Ring, which has like six endings. But that's, di- to be honest, that's different because I could give two shits about and what the ending is for Elden Ring. it's never in your face. No, it like yeah. it's, it's, it's in the back end. So I'm okay with that. If I get an ending and I don't know what I'm anticipating, brilliant. But at the end of every level, it's telling me how much of a twit I am, how yeah. much of a bad path I'm going down. And I'm just trying to play the game cautiously, how it's intended, I thought. It's a, yeah. a big reason as to why I dropped the first game. Because I got about halfway through it and I couldn't deal with... Because I was trying to do uh, a no-kill run to, to try and get like... <sighs> the Ouch. best ending possible because that's yeah. how like narratively that's how i envisioned corvo going through the world and i wanted to be true to that and it yep. just i couldn't i couldn't deal with it like i was doing like you were saying i was save scumming and reloading every time i accidentally killed someone and i was like stacking bodies up on ledges and if one fell off it would <laughs> fuck my entire level and yeah. i just i couldn't i couldn't deal with it like that's on me i should have just given up and then gone through the game and enjoyed it but mm. yeah, those kind of games, they, I can't agree more. They stress me out. And sometimes I'm, it's just a bit too much. On the inverse of that, the first time I played Dishonored 1, like I was still in high school and, you know, I didn't know much about it because everyone else in my group was like, oh, you're Call of Duty. Um, so you threw but, caution to the wind? Yeah, I, I didn't know about the whole morality mechanics. So I just yeah. fucked killing, you know, people left, right and center. And you had a great uh, time, didn't you? Yeah. And then like at, towards the end of the game, it was like a preview into a Plague Tale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, good. Oh, rats freaking, everywhere! Freaking rats yeah. everywhere! I'm like, what is this? New South Wales? Come on! <laughs> I, I still think Dishonored One, Two, just pure class, brilliant mm. games. But I think if you can throw caution to the wind like Jordan and just blast through, I think the game has so much fun. It's it's so reactive to all the chaos that you incur. Mm. You've played Deathloop, yeah? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep, finished. It's uh, probably hard to judge now, but based on what you've played, mm-hmm. uh, Dishonored 2 or Deathloop? Or uh, 
Or Prey. Okay, yeah. Or Prey. Not, not including Prey. Or, uh, I like Prey, but I, uh, I think Prey's not quite at the same echelon. I prefer Deathloop's world. Uh, no, sorry, that's right, a lie. Right. I prefer Dishonored's world. I, I think the world building in Dishonored is so so dense and uh, oh, there's almost a bit too much reading, though. Um, everything's in, in journals and logs. But, well, that's an uh, arcane I prefer sort the, of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is, absolutely. It was a thing with Wild West as well. Weird West, sorry. Um, but I think I liked the gameplay a bit more in Deathloop because it absolutely allowed me to just go unhinged and just, as I said, throw that caution to the wind and have a wild time. And there was I wasn't penalised for it. Mm. The game world just reacted. Um, but again, that's just psychological. I, I think you could easily say that Dishonored's a better game if you could separate that part of your psyche of, of mm. feeling judged at the end of every level. Yeah, it's weird. It's actually a, a really good talking point um, how you are given two ways or, you know, multiple ways to play a game, but there's clearly a right and a wrong way. Exactly, um, yes. Because yes. I remember right at the end of Dishonored 1, that guy who becomes your mate, he's got the boat. I can't remember. He's like the guy yeah, that drives you everywhere pretty much. He hated me at the end of Dishonored 1. <laughs> he was just like... Soon as like I got to like the fast the like the last level, he was like letting like letting all the soldiers know like that I was there. He just he hated me because I was. You just... felt bad. I think I killed him. Um... <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, you you don't cop that shit from anyone. So see, I can't deal with that in games. I can't help but be the good guy. Like. Nah. Mass Effect, I Mass Effect Adam's Two, I remember. Mate, you've worked retail. <laughs> you know, you've yeah. had these power fantasies. You fucking <laughs> narc. <laughs> Look, there's certain games for that sort of business, but as far as RPGs and branching narratives go, that's that's not where it's at. I remember I was playing Mass Effect Two, and I knew that the the outcome of the loyalty missions would have a knock on effect for who survived at the end, and I was doing. I think it was Samara's loyalty mission and I fucked it up and didn't get like her. I can't even remember what it was called. Like she wasn't fully invested in the team or whatever. So there was a higher chance that she was going to die. I was like 25 hours in now, given this is when I had far more free time and this sort of thing oh, didn't no. sound stupid. Oh no. It immediately saved after the loyalty mission. So I couldn't do the, the, the shitty save scum thing. So I just restarted the game. Uh, I was like, I was like, I can't fuck up a loyalty mission and have one of my favorite characters die. I can't run that risk. So I'm just going to fucking restart it. So I just played uh, through another 25, 30 hours of the game. I'm learning I might be a bit of a psychopath because I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I really wish I could go through games like that, but I just... I don't know, man. I can't do yeah, it. No, no. Well, yeah, no, well yeah. I was like you, Jordan. I think, yeah, when I played... So this is... That's the second or first time that Trent, uh, former well-plater, he... Uh, Trent Reznor. me up. So he... I actually borrowed the game off him. Uh, and I was just... You know, he didn't tell me anything about it. I didn't really, didn't really read anything about it. Because uh, back back then, I sort of only sort of played like the... the um, Resident Evil's FIFA and the NHL games. That was basically like all I played. And now the third one? NHL. NHL. Oh, NHL. Not, not oh, much no, else has changed, but he has points and click added to it now. Yeah, <laughs> good. Uh, and yeah, so I just played it and I was just, yeah, I was just killing everyone. And then I think it might have been like a third of the way through, like we were talking about. I was like, yeah, I'm just killing everyone. And he's like, you know that you'll get like the bad ending, right? And I'm like, fuck. 
So I pretty much tried to stop killing everyone up until that point. Then I got, I think, towards like the last couple of missions and I could just tell that I hadn't done enough um, to turn the tide. But if you played the DLC, did did you uh, ever play the DLC for the first one, Nathan? Which one? The very first Mass Effect. Yes, I did. No. Yes. Dishonored. No, I haven't played Mass Effect. Oh, not, for the Dishonored? Knights of Dunwall, um, wasn't played, there or something? Yeah. I, so I thought there was three DLC. Yeah. There was like yeah. the Challenges. There was Yeah, there was like yeah, two Knight small of, ones and one big one. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I definitely... I had I didn't finish either of them. I got halfway through one right. and I got too excited at the potential of playing Dishonored 2 that I just stopped. I was like, I don't want the DLC stopping me from jumping into the right. sequel. So I might go back one day. I don't know. Oh, it's very good. I was enjoying it, yeah. but sometimes I feel I, I get peeved if I feel like the only thing stopping me from playing a fantastic sequel is having to trudge through DLC. But the DLC, but, uh, right? But it was self-contained, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. So, so that's I... kind of the reason I didn't stick around. I wanted to see what happened next in the grand story of Corvo and Emily. But, well, this. Well, <laughs> This Watching was, the, the cogs turn in your head just then was fantastic. Well, I mean, it's like, do I go spoilers? I mean, it's like, what, 10 years old? Um, no, it's so for the spoiler players, cast. You, <laughs> like, you see the events of Corvo from another character's perspective. That's right. Yeah, one of the dudes yeah. that you end up... No, you killing. see it from the yeah. rat's perspective if you killed everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really good. Anyway, anyway, you should play it. Oh, I, I, I don't disagree. Yeah, But um, yeah, there's like a... Disagree, but, <laughs> no, okay. I'm just saying it's in the backlog. That's all. Um, but yeah, look for the one potential PhD candidate listening. There's definitely a thesis in there somewhere about good and bad endings and the, mm. the psychological effects. Um, and how I'm a psychopath. Very very quickly, the second time Trent stitched me up was I think I might have just said this before, but it was The Last of Us, and it's when uh, I was so when I play those kinds of games, um. If if I miss a shot, like if I go to kill a zombie and it takes me three shots normally, let's say, if I use four bullets, I'm restarting. I'm going back. Oh, that's that old school Resident Evil mentality. Yeah. So uh, got halfway through it or whatever. Or whenever you get players Ellie, I think. Oh, there's a part where you get maybe captured or something like that. I can't recall. Yeah, three quarters through. Yeah. And he goes, no, 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 you, you lose everything. Like he goes, oh, so he goes, I you're about to lose here. everything. <laughs> you're about to lose all your ammo and stuff. So I fucking just went to town on everybody that I could. And then I didn't lose everything, but I'd spent, <laughs> I'd fucking used everything. And he, yeah, he did that on purpose. Prick. What a bastard. I love that. Next you're going to hear like you played the evil within or something and didn't break the wooden boxes. I did not. And I didn't upgrade for ages too. <laughs> That's your legacy, mate. So I'm a (laughs) lazy upgrader. And so that's my first thing is I just can't be bothered upgrading. This is where Um, we learned that um, I was actually playing Elden Ring at a soul level one the entire time. (laughs) And it wasn't until like a third of the way through that game, I realized you could actually break the crates in Evil Within. I do not know why I didn't realize up until then. But I didn't break any crates for like the first Wait, third. Ha- have game. you have you played Half Life at all? Specifically no. Half Life Two. No. Ah, see, but I played fucking Chinji Mikami games before. It's like, why didn't I realize this? Um, uh, I think your mind is going to be blown when you realize what you can do to red barrels in video games, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So yeah, there you go. All right. Um, should we move on to the main topic? Let's do it. Well, the actually, we, actually, before we do, very, very quickly, I put up an article. We'll go quickly over this because it's it's not super interesting. Nathan's read it, I think. Uh, <laughs> well, he, well, he he said he did. Um, but I put Multiple up an article. Times. I put up an article today, uh, just about the day before. So we've spoken about this game previously. I think we spoke about it off off cast last week. Uh, in the special uh, post post show that you can get if you pay me a million dollars. Um, Follow our Patreon. Yeah. So yeah, there's that 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 game is coming out on June 21 apparently, or supposedly. But since we got the release date, which was in October, there has been nothing, not a single bit of news at all. The only thing we got was that Nvidia showcase that announced that that the day before would have ray tracing and DLS DLSS. If I can't say that quick. Yes, you. Um, so, and that was in January, I think. Um, but yeah, so since then, there's been absolutely nothing. Uh, people are getting real agitated. So I'm, I follow like the Reddits. Uh, I'm on the Discord uh, or in the Discord, sorry. Uh, and just a bunch of other stuff. And yeah, people are like, this is a game to scan. This game is fake. This game doesn't exist. Uh, which there's a lot of things that make you, that make you wonder, like, so firstly, the developer, uh, they, they have one of their previous games is called Dead Dozen. It was a game they had in early access and then basically abandoned it. They're like, nah, this is, mm-hmm. this is, this is bum. Uh, and then they basically wiped every <clears throat> bit of existence of it from, uh, the internet. They also had a game called The Wild Eight. Yeah, which this was one I was familiar with. Yeah, which before. wasn't actually too bad, but they also abandoned that uh, in the sense that the game itself got bought by Hype Train Digital, who actually are publishing Tunche, just by the way. Um, Incidentally. So yeah, like, you know, they that, that game was also abandoned. But that's probably not there so much of their doing though this time, but it is weird that they sold like a game before sort of finishing it. Um, and then the third game is a game called Radiant One, which is like a real... Uh, indie looking sort of narrative driven you know i think it's an isometric sort of short you know story game so uh you know you look at the history that they've got and then this massive project for like the day before which has like triple a visuals it's you know the, the gameplay is probably a little, little bit janky but they got tons of it you know it's, it's to mixes all these flavors from other from other games that are super popular adding cars and driving and all this stuff. So it's a massive, massive ask for what is likely a small company. Like they're only a small, I would say they're only a small studio. Like on LinkedIn, they've got like 13 develop, uh, thirteen employees. I mean, that's on LinkedIn. So that's not, you know, you know, that's not everyone, but it, it raises questions because then you think about, they've also developed a game called Prop Night so that they announced that during this mega event which is when they announced the release date and that the day before was coming to PS5 and Series X. So, you know, not only are they developing this big, massive open world zombie apocalypse MMO game, they've, they've also had time to develop uh, this this prop night game. So I don't know, how, I don't know where they're finding the, the time. Um, so a couple of things that I just researched, like while I was sort of, I was like, fuck, like what is going on here? Like this is, you know, I'm like most people, okay, normally 
people show off trailers that are a bit, you know, a bit cinematic, a bit of scripted gameplay. Like Ubisoft loves a scripted gameplay. That you know, that's not uncommon. So you know, I'll 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 give them the pass then. Um, there is always a period of time where developers are silent. They go radio silent. They they're just working on the game. Small team, so you could say that that's probably what that that could be what like what they're doing right now. But it's two months from release. They've said that there's going to be a beta. Uh, before the game comes out. And I think there was another I- interview or somewhere that I read, it might have even been like in a video that they said they would share more news over the coming months. Nothing. And now both Fantastic, who is, or Fantastic, however you say it, and the day before's website are both down. Um, now in both Steam, because I actually found this in the Steam forums. I was just perusing this, the Steam forums. Uh, and someone said, hey, your website's down. Uh, it's been locked by someone who looks like they're working for the developers and says, yeah, no, nah, it's all good. Uh, we're getting it fixed. But then a week goes by and it's still down, right? And I'm like, okay, you know, people can let domains lapse, whatever. But then the game one goes down. Uh, now on the Discord, they're saying that they're, they're, un, they're under construction. And I'm like, hmm. The wording on the actual site, if you go to it, it says web, website expired. You know, that doesn't tell me that it's, uh, you know, under construction. Whatever. Again, I'll, you know, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, I guess. But, you know, then I was doing some research and it's where it gets a little bit bit, bit, bit uh, wild. So they've, so their publisher, my, my toner, who is normally like a publisher for mobile games. So, you know, again, you know, they're biting off this huge triple a style sort of game uh they actually began life in uh what is it yatazuk yakuzik no not yakuzik um that place in russia basically um it's like the coldest city in the world so they so they they actually were founded in uh i'm trying to find it now sorry there's i get the the correct pronunciation uh yeah Yakutsik or something like that. So yeah, so they so they were founded and then in like 2012 and then they actually moved their operations to Singapore. Uh, and one of the founders actually lives in New Zealand now. Anyway, it's the exact same thing with Fantastic. So they're, they're originally from this Russian city uh, and now they've actually registered their company as of last year in October in Singapore. So I mean, I'm sure there's reasons for that, you know, skull and bones, that whole thing about the government giving grants to... Uh, developers or something like that. I didn't Indeed. read too much. Yeah, I didn't read too much into it. There you know, are incentives involved in setting up a, yeah. a shop over in Singapore. Yeah. The other thing is obviously they're Russian, so their heritage is Russian, and I'm you know not suggesting that they're involved in what's going on, but clearly there's conflict in that side of and that part of the world with Russia and Ukraine. One one country is in the wrong. One country is just getting fucked on for no yeah surviving uh so maybe this is uh and obviously this is before this went down so maybe they've moved their operations out of russia but you know but we also don't know what impact that's had on the game's development you know that could be you know there are innocent people in russia you know i'm not i don't think every russian person is an absolute fuckwit but um yeah, so you know, I'm sure the development is is affected somewhat. But you know, it, anyway, long story short, it just makes you wonder what's what's actually going on because there's been nothing since, and, and people are getting antsy about it because 
we've not seen or heard anything for a while now and it's coming out in two months. Yeah, and you also mentioned in your article, like, there's been, you've had multiple attempts at reaching out. To oh, them. yes, yes. And I now in the lead up, like, you would think the marketing cycle starts starts buzzing or at least mm. humming and you've well, heard yeah. nothing. No, well, you'd think that um, given the hype that they've generated, that, they, you know, they'd be milking that because this is one of the most Steam wishlisted games, like, going around, or it was, I'm not sure. Thing? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah you, can, you can actually see the wishlist and they... And they love it. But yeah, so I actually organized an interview with Fantastic in November last year. Uh, I fired off the questions in late November and I got a response back in December saying, yeah, we've received them. We'll let you know when we, you know, we'll answer them. Uh, I followed up about half a dozen times since then and I have not got a single response once. Also, interestingly enough, it was from a person whose you know, name I won't say, but the name of this person who was in communications with me, I've Googled that name and there is not a person, I cannot find a single person in existence linking to that company. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, not saying that this is not a real person, but it's very rare that, that you search a marketing person from a particular company and you don't even get hit anywhere. Well, because it's uh, a bit counterproductive, isn't it, to be in that role and not have your name out on LinkedIn or one of yeah. those platforms that links you to, to people to get in contact with. Correct. Yeah. And even scrolling like the, the people on LinkedIn, you know, that this person doesn't, there, there's no mention of this person anywhere. Yeah. So I think it's, it's one of those things that if any of these various circumstances were singular, I don't think it would be too much of an issue or n- not a great deal of eyebrows would be raised. Like even the website thing you could pass off as being odd, but not a a complete red flag, but it's when you add up all of these little things Mm. and they keep happening one after the other in like a terrible series of unfortunate events that it starts to become a little bit suspicious. Yeah. Cause basically all, all that the developers socials are pushing is this prop night game, which, you know, but, but then you, but then, uh, it's their revenue, people... I guess. So, I mean, it's understandable in one regard, but like Nathan said, with with the release date getting closer and closer and closer, this is where you would think that their marketing would start to, mm. you know, pick up steam, but it's seemingly going in the opposite direction. So, it, yeah, it, it's, a bit, it's a bit odd. The other thing is, I don't think this is a fake game. I think this is a real project. I, I mean, no, they so haven't... It hasn't been abandoned, wink, wink. Well, hey. I don't think so. Like they've clearly got, you know, you've you you've had IGN, you know, promote it several times. You've got you've had, uh, you know, Nvidia partnership uh, partner with them, you know, for showcases or whatever. So there's clearly something there. I don't think they'd get that far. Also, they ha- you you cannot pre-order this game, so it's not like they're they they're making sixty dollar pre-orders off you know 200,000 people they haven't made a cent off the day before from consumers i'm sure there's ways you know within their side of the the, the industry maybe they get sponsorships or who knows what um probably investors yeah but uh you know prop night no one cares about fucking prop night now they all people all want the day before you know prop night was cool for a few weeks and this is the thing like it, it actually has decent reviews like it's not it's not a bad game so even though people say that, you know, uh, that they think that this is a fake game, you know, there, there's proof out there. Like you look at some of these shitty publishers and games that are on, 
Steam and stuff, and, and mm. you know they they have no games. You know they've got all these games in development. There's not a single. They've got five games coming out. There was, I can't remember the name of the of the publisher. I, mean, I probably shouldn't say it because I, I might get sued. Activision but, um, no, 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 no. It's like a real low key like European bum publisher basically that has like six games coming out in like 2021 and none of them came out so it's like um and then i was speaking with my pr mate and he's like yeah what what this co- like what companies like these do is they promise a whole bunch of games jack their share price right up uh make money that way kind of thing so um i think i've spoken about that before but yeah uh anyway we'll move on from the day before i hope look at the very least i'm expecting it to be delayed um which is oh sorry just very very quickly the other thing that is that is a, a raised eyebrow is that uh, it was only in development it's been, it'll be three three years as of now that it's been in development which again for a project of that scope for a team of that size feels not very long um, <laughs> but I guess we'll find out we'll find out um, in June if it uh, comes and goes without releasing yeah well Zach Jackson doesn't have his game of the year yet the rest of us do so mm. <laughs> uh, well I think mine's coming crossed. when a, a Plague Tower comes out mate so what are you true. he has true, Elex true, true. too mm, love me. Elex don't you do oh yeah that's the All best. Right. Um, articles up there if you're in if you're interested in that like stuff like this is actually it, it does actually interest me even more because I'm keen on the game but just this whole way, the way that people operate. Because clearly, all they need is a bit of communication. And people would yeah. back off and, you know, put out a yeah. fucking screenshot. Like, how hard is this fucking screenshot to put out? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. All right, so the big topic this week is gaming soundtracks. So, given there's no real news or um, anything to sort of talk about, we thought we'd discuss our favorite gaming soundtracks. Now, when I said to you about this topic... Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be just, hey, what's your favorite gaming soundtrack? Blah, blah, blah. And we just reel off a bunch of things. You know, I was, I've was i got a couple of different categories. Like, you know, for me, and I'll just share it with you now in case you guys want to talk about or you want to think of someone's in these categories. But I've got like my favorite games where the soundtrack pushes that game forward. So that that soundtrack is, it's not, it's not just, fuck yeah, that soundtrack is shit hot. It's like this this game is elevated to a whole other level because of this soundtrack and it pushes it it works with the gameplay and uh, then i've just got like some in some individual tracks and stuff from uh you know not necessarily the soundtracks themselves are amazing but there's a couple of there's there's one in particular that i'll talk about that it'll make sense uh, why i had this but this this whole idea this this idea came about because over the past um uh, over the past couple weeks, I've just been fucking digging gaming soundtracks on Spotify. So whenever I'm writing or just doing anything, I'm just listening to um, soundtracks. And I'm gonna go just I'm just gonna go my my first one because this is how it sort of came about. But um, I've really been absolutely fucking loving the Last of Us Part Two soundtrack. That is a phenomenal soundtrack. Incredible. Good um, and that is by Gustavo. I'm gonna fuck this right up. Gustavo Santa Olala, Santa Olala, and Mac Quayle. I think you'd say that's how you'd say that. Um, but yeah, that soundtrack is fucking incredible. So I've just been, whenever like I'm writing or doing anything, I've I've just had that playing uh, in the background, and 
it makes me really want to play the game again. But I'm holding off uh, just in case there's like a remastered version with with something. So um, um, I have no idea what that is. Nathan's just put in a picture of something and I don't know. So back in 2011, the, Lo- the London Philharmonic Orchestra released a fully legitimate cover, like cover orchestration of, you know, some of the most notable video game tracks. It got memed a little bit because it seemed like a very weird turn for the London Philharmonic Orchestra, you know, big game orchestra mm. covering some big games. Um, but the cover art of the the album, if you if you have a look Looks at like it, it's just absolute cheese. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's take Battlefield Three with a cello. Like, well, it's beautiful. Well, that's, that's why I was a little bit confused because I was like, "Is I thought you would have recognised this because I assume that most people were aware of this, but no, no, no. sorry, bro." Um, but yeah, last my was, top vote. Last, last was part two. Uh, fantastic, absolutely incredible, and yeah, just uh, makes also me like too. To, to help your pronunciation, Zach, it's Gustavo Santaolalla. Hey, Gustavo. yeah, there was there was no chance of him him nailing that first Go try. Again. Say it again. Gustavo Santaolalla. All right, here. Gustavo. Oh, Gustavo. Gustavo Santaolalla. Yeah, mate. Augusti. That 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 works. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so that's my first pick for our favorite soundtracks and. And I actually do think that that game is elevated from the soundtrack, but not as much as uh, some games. I think that's just a phenomenal um, soundtrack. So, Adam, what are you? Uh, what's one of your favourites? All right, first one when you posted this to our chat to have a think about that popped into my mind was Hotline Miami, because a Ooh. the soundtrack, the the eighties synthy yes. soundtrack, absolutely fucking slaps but it it sets the pace for an already frantic game. So, like, obviously, if you've played Hotline Miami, it's very fast, very frantic. It's one of those instant replays, so you just you get in and you keep hammering it until you clear the room. And the soundtrack just... To, like, when you said elevates a game, that is the definition of elevating a game because it takes what the gameplay is striving to be and it pushes it just that little bit further because it just... it it sets the pace and then it keeps it there track after track after track. It is absolutely banging. And Hotline Mamie 2 also did a great job of following it up. Soundtrack for that is also phenomenal. But the first one is just operates on a completely different level. I think it is downright fantastic. Oh, beautiful choice. Yeah, I haven't gotten around the second one because I haven't bothered getting around the uh, band in Australia. Uh, I've got opinions on that one, but I'll keep them to myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a beautiful choice. It's so electric and it's so yeah. manic. Like it, it, it maintains such a high energy throughout. Uh, there's nothing like it, or at least not not since that's come out. Like it's a very it's it's a soundtrack of an era. You know, it's a very good yeah, lot sure. of 80s synth vibes in there. It's wow. one of those Stunner. It's a soundtrack that could like it genuinely elevates my heart rate when I'm playing the game. Yeah. Like it yeah, it just it it gets you working on a different level. It really does. It's just it's, yeah, it's fantastic. It's one of those soundtracks that stands alone. Like it's a soundtrack that you 100%. can listen to without the context of the game, without losing Definitely. anything. Mm-hmm. And you can't always say that. Like The Last of Us Two, I, I I don't know if I'd feel the same way about that soundtrack. Like I feel it it benefits from the game around it. Mm-hmm. I th- 
Well, I think for me, I mean, I, I, I like listen to that sort of music, just like yeah. instrumental music. So having mm, that, I mean, mm. it's not but something. But you've also got the context as well. Yeah, but I also wouldn't, you know, I don't drive to work listening to the Last of Us Part Two soundtrack. You know what I mean? Like during the pandemic, I wouldn't blame you. Actually, I think <laughs> I did the, the other day. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, so you just lied to us. I just did wow. actually because I was wow. like last week I did. You know what? No, I when I edit this, it's going to be edited with malice. Oh, no. <laughs> Nathan, strong choices. Um, I'm really intimidated, what's, guys. What's yours, Nathan? Look, I'm going to start with like Adam with the first one that came to mind, and I did kind of want to justify it as well. So, like you, I kind of thought of a couple of categories. So this one for me is kind of like the first earworm that come to mind. The first song that just kind of has buried its way into my mind since I first heard it, soundtrack, and never left. It's the soundtrack for specifically Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. This one's got a few iconic tracks. Uh, For anyone that's played the game, they will never, ever, ever forget the experience of climbing a ladder for about five solid minutes, and five minutes feels like an eternity when you're just climbing a ladder. About halfway through, you think the game's like bugged out? You think the game's glitched? Like it's just this, you're just climbing, climbing, climbing. You can't adjust the camera to see where you've come from or where you're going. Not really. And then the soundtrack starts playing. You get this this really um, kind of dramatic flow, uh, really nice little vocal piece. But the game itself also has the trappings of a very Bond soundtrack as well in its opening. And it carries throughout because it's this sort of Cold War era, peak James Bond era soundtrack. So... Uh, anyone that's played any of the Metal Gear Solids, I would assume probably lands on number three as maybe the strongest. And for me, yeah, it's just an earworm. It's just it's a soundtrack where I can hear it anywhere, immediately know what it is. I've only ever finished the game once, and each of those tracks has stuck with me since. I had to remind myself quickly on Spotify, because I've not played any of the Metal Gear Solid games, but I am definitely aware of Snake Eater, like the, the title track. because it, it sounds like a one- Bond theme. 100% it's a Bond theme and it that's a I mean what a what a great thing for a, a video game to to emulate is a Bond theme so yeah great choice yeah. Um, Metal Gear Solid 5 almost snuck in there I think Kojima's got a great taste in music I mean Death Stranding another perfect example but uh, yeah it's it's a blast uh, like taking your helicopter into battle in Metal Gear Solid 5 with like kids in America blasting out the speakers of this <laughs> helicopter it's very apocalypse now but it didn't make the cut as much as 3 Jordan, what's one of yours? Uh, the Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Okay. Interesting. Only because that game, its storytelling is massively pushed through its through its music. Um, you know, back, back in the day, uh, game compositions were quite short and simple. So, uh, especially in terms of Majora's Mask, uh, a lot of resources were used quite cleverly. So if you were to listen to a lot of Majora's Mask soundtrack, all the unique songs to it, are actually a lot of uh, songs from Ocarina of Time played backwards. Ooh, oh, really? there's some trivia. So, and those two are very closely linked as far well, as yes. the... So, uh, Ocar- o- Majora's Mask more or less takes place directly after Ocarina. It's built on the exact same engine to the point where Majora's Mask was made in 12 months. Yes. Which is also yeah, a very right. fun, a funny piece of trivia because whenever anyone brings up the whole... Uh, Miyamoto talking about uh, a rushed game. I just think Majora's Mask is a rushed game. Um, but uh, the probably the most prominent song from that game, the Song of Healing, which sounds cool and like really positive in its naming, 
is actually a sad as fuck song because every time you play it, it's because someone has died and you have to take their essence and you see everyone they've left behind and it breaks your heart every time. But what's even crazier is um, when you think about it like that thematically, the song that it's the inverse of, Saria's song, is, you know, playful, whimsical and bright. Whereas this is all just like, you know, it's all about loneliness and despair and loss, which I, I think it's it's a great way to tell a story um, with uh, with such subtle, I guess, musical exposition in a sense. That's really cool. I dig that. Nice. For another one for me. Now, I'm generally I don't like assorted soundtracks or, you know, like compilations. Um, generally, you know, for the, the, for the right, the right game, it works, but uh, Jordan, and I think you're going to love this, but one of my favorite soundtracks of all time, uh, is the Wipeout 2097 soundtrack. Yeah, yeah let's uh, go. So that was, that's just an absolute slapping soundtrack. And I've still, I've still got the disc that, so, uh, that I actually plugged or used to put into my computer or my CD player and actually play that soundtrack, um, off the ps1 disc so the soundtrack where i'm just trying to get it up for you so yeah like we got like the future sound london we've got the chemical brothers we've got the prodigy um Ooh. some big names chemical brothers no sorry i just said that i thought I'd, uh yeah well that's pretty much it and then some in-house uh songs as well but that song landmass by uh the, the future sound london like tearing up those well they look good at the time those uh tracks you know back in Back in the nineties, uh, very very good soundtrack. So that was uh, that's one that's more great of a compilation. Choice. Great choice uh, for me that I actually still listen to every now and again. Big Adam, what do you got? My, oh, I've got a few, and I'm not sure where to go to next. This was the the second one that came to mind when talking about like as far as gameplay having a direct link to the soundtrack and it was Tetris effect, which is another fairly new one. Um, sure it's not and it's <laughs> dreadful. Um, there's probably a reason it's a dollar 50 on steam, mate. Um, That's like but yeah, they're, 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 they're directly tied to one another, uh, one another. So like, depending on how well you're doing in the game depends on the tempo of the music and, how far along the track it gets and so on and so forth. And then in return, depending on where you are in the song shows the different visuals behind all your little tetrominoes. Now it's, it's Tetris. It's not going to be anything massively, massively groundbreaking, but putting that into the game did breathe new life into one of the oldest games in existence. So I think the fact that, musical tracks and how it interacts with the gameplay managed to do that is it's yeah it's pretty phenomenal but some of the tracks on it as well are just just they're just songs that i go back to and listen to in day-to-day life and there aren't many video game centric bits of music that i do that with so i think that's probably a big tick in old tetris effects column as well but yeah it's worth having a listen to i put it on anytime i'm writing usually was that a pun, mate? Yeah, no, I was, I was, was, was going to say. <laughs> uh, He's a cheeky green. Yeah, that, yeah. That, if you haven't played Tetris Effect, sense. definitely should. Okay, I will. Nathan, I won't. 
What's your uh, next next one? Oh yeah, look, uh, I'll, look, sticking with the theming that you folks have brought up, we're talking like licensed soundtracks, right? Or at least, well, not Adam so much, but particularly you, Zach. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in with a licensed soundtrack that's stood the test of time for me. It's one that I still listen to today. Honorable mentions I'll start with is uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, which is a very like new metal heavy uh, soundtrack. You know, it's just right out of the gate with Rage Against the Machine's Gorilla Radio and just playing that as a kid. And that's my first exposure to it. I was like... <sighs> And then they followed up with, you know, Public Enemy and Anthrax's Bring the Noise. Like, I, I hadn't heard the original, but I was I grew up with that sort of Anthrax crossover and well, real, real, real hot stuff. And then um, Pro Skater 3 was real Scar heavy. And that was my exposure to Scar and for the, for the short-lived time that it was around and loved it. But no, the, the standout Mate, for me, the one... They're still, doing, they're still kicking around. The who what? The Mighty Mighty Bostones. I don't know the Mighty Mighty Boss Stones. Yes, you would. You would know that. You would know that. I'd know if I heard them, but the name. Mm. What about Real Big Fish? Are they still kicking? <laughs> Let's create some fucking scar. They're in fucking <laughs> basketball. Great film. Would, would you consider The Living End to be scar? No. No? Mm, no, not even. Uh, no. Nah. No, not even close. No, okay. Chris Cheney would slap you for that. All right, I'll keep that Sub one to Dick myself. Cheney. You cut that one. Cut, cut, cut. Uh, yeah, so the winner is Burnout Revenge. So um, this one, yeah, nice. very pop rock heavy, I suppose. It was kind of the soundtrack of my teens, I suppose, before, and it kind of defined what I guess was a lot of my taste going forward. So it, I think it's special when you get a video game licensed soundtrack that helps define your tastes as a youngster. Uh, obviously, this is this one's probably getting on a bit dated for some, but you know, the standout for me was. I'd never heard Block Party's Helicopter before, and that is probably like their most popular song, I dare say. And on Guitar just... Hero 3? Yeah, 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 yeah. Guitar Hero 3, we'll come back to that. <laughs> 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 we'll come back to that. Um, but, but yeah, so look, got heavy into Block Party from there, and, you know, I, I had never heard things like Avenge Sevenfold and got, you know, quite big into those for the few minutes that they were the hot shit. Fallout Boys Dance Dance, you know, so, so you know, some of the cheesiest of the That's pop rock album. era. It is, it is. I don't know if I necessarily love it as much today, but I certainly did back in the day. Mm. You know, I thought that 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 was a really solid album. Look, I could go for, I could go in length on the track list, but I won't. But I think that, yeah, for, in terms of a really well compilated licensed soundtrack, which you don't see as much these days because of all of the kerfuffle with licensing. Um, that that come from a really special era, Burnout Revenge. Also, d- just quickly on that, I, I think uh, composition in games has evolved massively. Mm. That you know, absolutely, they don't need to rip music. Like I think you, you've still got like your races and stuff that it still works. Um, for example, but yeah, I think j- games in general don't necessarily need just to go and buy a bunch of tracks anymore. They can, you know, there's enough technology and skill. It still happens mm. occasionally if it if it fits the the narrative yeah. as well because we had like Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy which has yeah. a yeah. banging soundtrack but that it it plays into the the narrative mm. and Star Lord as a character but yeah it's definitely not as necessary these days that's for sure. So yeah, I, I like those soundtracks that have a particular kind of of sound that's quite consistent and then it is set for the mood of the game. That's why I think those Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtracks were quite quite notable because they were a consistent 
kind of genre, and, and you see that kind of here with Revenge as well. And then you, you get your open world games like your Grand Theft Autos and that. Some of the like Grand Theft Auto Five and that with the, all your different channels, you get all these mixes of genres, and you do find you get your hits and your misses. When you get a consistent soundtrack, you're probably not going to get too many misses, and that's pretty special. But you don't see that too much now, as you say. Jordan, what's your next one? Uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I'm just going to say all of the Soulsborne games, because they all mm-hmm. have phenomenal yeah. soundtracks, and if I had to split them up, it would just be my entire list. Um, mm. But yeah, they're just, uh, you know, once again, really good storytelling in their soundtracks, but probably one of the biggest highlights for me is the music for the Dancer of the Boreal Valley in Dark Souls 3. Ugh. That's traumatic. <laughs> but it's it's a really well done fight because it stands out uh, in comparison to the rest of the um, the soundtrack because it's actually written in a different time signature. And if you were to uh, like carefully observe every fight in those games, the flow of the fight matches the time the timing and the pacing of the music. The dancer doesn't. The dancer's music are asynchronous to its um to its music. So it kind of like, it breaks that flow for you. And that's what makes that fight feel so weird to play because not only does it have the really fluid moveset that you're not used to, but you're you're subconsciously trying to do a time it with the, the flow of the music and they just, they don't go together. Which I think is just such a really creative way to introduce a challenge into a fight. That's, yeah, that's uh, insanely cool. I think just in general, the, the, the music for the boss fights in the Souls games are phenomenal like when you go through a fog gate and that orchestral music kicks in like it not only makes you want to shit your pants because you're terrified as to whatever you're about to fight but it just like amps you up for what's coming it's yeah it's yeah very very good shout i reckon hate to use the word epic but it earns it you walk through that fog gate and and the moment you hear those those heavy percussions coming through you know you're in for something epic yeah agreed boy I'm going to change change tune just a, a little bit. I want to talk oi, oi. about a, a collection of songs. So just... Ministry of Sound. Just remind me again. Who so has fresh. Play, who's played the Resident <laughs> Evil games? A good handful of them, you know, a decent um, amount. I'd say probably almost all except some of the obscure spin-offs like you mentioned Outbreak okay. last week. Okay, so you, I think you'll appreciate this. Adam, Jordan, you're... I've played through a chunk of them. Definitely not the majority, though, okay. by by no stretch. So one thing that I absolutely I, love about about, about the Resident Evil games, and this has sort of been my playlist for the, the past few days, um, is these games have always had really good atmosphere music, very and you know good orchestral kind of music as well. But one element of these soundtracks that I love a lot is the save room music. So in every yeah. single Resident Evil game, there's always this calming nature, this nice, soft, like, you know, so, so, sometimes orchestral, sometimes it's like this, like, sort of guitar, like, you know, this uh, stringed guitar, you know, you're just sort of plucking the guitar string by string, um, rather than, like, you know, then strumming chords, it's, it's, it's not like that. Uh, and it just kind of, you know, it makes you feel safe, you know, you, you are in this safe spot and then you know, out behind those doors is who the fuck knows what, Mr. T or not Mr. T, Mr. Mr. X. X. Um. <laughs> uh, unless, <laughs> unless it's that one save room in RE2 where he can just punch through because he doesn't care. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. 
but yeah, like I absolutely love like those. And if you listen to the like the like the timeline of those uh, all those tracks, there's actually like a link. Like, someone's made a mix of all the Saber musics from all the Resident Evil games. It goes like an hour. That's great. Um, Someone, like it wasn't him. No, it wasn't me, but because I was like, surely someone's done (laughs) this. Um, I I 100% know it wasn't Zach who did that because that takes time and Zach doesn't have time. There you go. It's a good shout. Um, So yeah, like I think my favorite one is got to be the Resident Evil 1 remake. Uh, The RE RE2 and RE2 remake are really good and also RE4. Um, And that's actually how I... That is what reminded me of when I was playing RE4 the other day. Did I tell you I played this last week? You yeah, did. it was last yeah. week, yeah. Uh, so that, that's actually what I was like, oh, I'm going to go listen to all these savory musics again. Um, yeah, they're just like, this really like so, some of them are super short, a minute long, you know, 50 seconds long kind of thing. But yeah, they're really calming and just sort of, yeah, just very good. Very, very good. I'm drawing a blank. I truly don't like, so I finished. I think all of the main series except mm. six. I can't recall any of the Sabre music. I'll, That's not I'll, a... Hmm. Yeah, I'll link you this video um, and just go back and listen to like a couple or like just just start and yeah, like you just read the comments and people will fang it. Like I, I, I thought, is this going to be just me? Like am I going to be this weird person who wants to write like an article about the Resident Evil Save room music? And then you go to YouTube and then there's all these people. There are dozens like, of us. Yeah, I know. There's them. <laughs> That's not just me. Um, and then I said about Nickelback, and they all they all left. The, you know, they all left. But um, no. Nah. Yeah, yeah that's that's a very thin middle of the Venn diagram of Nickelback fans and fans of the Resident yeah. Evil <laughs> safe room. I, I think in the population of seven billion, there's five of you. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. I reckon that's pretty bang on. Uh, Adam, well, what's another one for you? Returnal, the soundtrack was, and the audio for Returnal, like the any all of the audio in general for Returnal is fucking phenomenal. But the soundtrack does a great job of making you feel alienated on an alien planet. Like it's all very unsettling, but it's also got this kind of whimsy to it that it kind of it it begs you to discover the world. Like it's, it's very, I don't even know how to, how to describe it, but it's, it, it drives you forward wanting to, to see what's next and to uncover the mystery. And then the lack of music that goes along with the, the house segments that are very introspective and very raw and very emotional to Celine as a character. The fact that there's a complete absence of music in those moments is also very strong because you've got all of this, you're trying to discover and uncover the world and in this alien environment. And then when you're back, quote unquote, home, it's just dead silent. And it, it puts a real emphasis on what you're uncovering in your own home, which also happens to be quite alienating as well. So I think the the music's great for the environment and then the storytelling when there's the absence of it as well, which can be just as striking and just as important. I think it's, yeah, it's absolutely excellent. And it got a, a big tick at the BAFTAs, which is great. You, you would be remiss to not mention the one standout instance of music that does occur about halfway through that game. Particular boss. Yep. And I, I won't say much more on that, but there is a particular striking standout one, point that I think... 100%. If you've, if you've heard it, 
never forget it. Yeah, it's and I yeah, I completely forgot about that. But yeah, the the lead up to said instance and being able to hear mm-hmm. it in the distance and it growing and growing and yeah, the anticipation grows with it and then the actual the spectacle of it is mm. absolutely amazing. Probably my favorite encounter in that game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely easy. brilliant. Yeah. Nice. Nathan. Ooh, so now we're getting real serious, aren't we? We're talking about quite impactful soundtracks, whether they're subtle or not. So, mm, I've got a few choices here. Maybe I'll go left of field with... Ooh, I almost tied these two because they kind of fit under the same category of a soundtrack that is integral to the personality that the game is trying to sell. It's almost inseparable. Now, I'll mention them both. First one is Katamari Damacy, which has got a very whimsical soundtrack. If you've ever heard it, hopefully you've seen it with the visuals of the game. It matches the visuals of the game, which is just this blocky, colourful, cartoony, whimsical little um, smorgasbord of almost like little paper mache nonsense with this buzzing, humming, silly Japanese vocal overlay that just it buzzes. In. It's, it's another earworm. Um, I'm almost on the verge of humming it for you, but I won't. And the other one that would I would tie alongside that would be Persona 5, which would be very uh, unreasonable for us to not mention. Again, this is such a... It, it's a game that's wears its style on its sleeve. Exactly, it is style. Yeah, yeah so... Um, it, and, it's, and it thematically carries on a, a kind of legacy of soundtracks from Persona 4 and Persona 3 with sort of female pop vocals layered over this kind of neo-jazz, you know, really poppy neo-jazz that sort of gets you um, jiving as you're playing the game. And it's, again, it's one of those soundtracks. i got I got um, just a, a couple of neighbours nearby that I play board games with, and there's one fellow, and it doesn't matter what the board game is, it's never thematically appropriate. He'll whip out his mobile phone, and he'll just hit up a Spotify playlist of the Persona 5 music if he needs a bit of a mood <laughs> booster. And you'll just see him driving, and no one else, maybe no one else is really into it. No one's not into it, but, you know, eventually April will start singing along and someone else starts driving. It's infectious. So uh, two very stylistically integral soundtracks, Katamari Damacy, Persona 5. Nice. Jordan? Uh, Near Automata. Ooh, this yes, is like wow. your big orchestral soundtrack. Uh, and the, the new series has always had like really good music, but Automata just like set the stage. And from the from the get go, it just it knew what it wanted to do with its music, and it never deviated from it. And I would argue, in terms of even though its open world is a bit eh in the game, uh, it was such a brilliant use of a dynamic soundtrack that builds and dissipates depending on where you are. So, uh, you know, that ends, you know, Neuro Tommen is the real 2017 game of the year. Nice. That soundtrack is almost like ex- deliberately exaggerated for yeah. the game that it's in. It's too much, but the game also yeah. kind of goes a bit overblown. It's all very, it, it's, yeah, it's a bit, it's an ironic soundtrack for me in, the, in so much as it's, it's amazing but it's almost too much for the subject matter. And then the game starts to take a serious, sharp turn. You go, oh, the orchestral music does match. It's a funny one, that one, but it is brilliant. It's almost like musical foreshadowing. Yes, thank you. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we've been going for a while, so I'm just going to whip through the rest of my list. 
or most of it. Uh, so I've got uh, one of my favorite soundtracks uh, is actually NHL 2001, and this is not this is not licensed music. So a lot of the NHL games actually did turn into like licensed sort of soundtracks. It's just in-house created uh, songs, but they're just. I remember playing uh, like this game on uh, PC and on PlayStation as a kid and just listening to that soundtrack, like sitting just in the menus, listening to those tracks. There's only like half a dozen tracks on on that soundtrack, but a big one uh, that I loved, Uh, Broken Sword, Broken Sword, Shadow of the Templars. That's another another great, great soundtrack there. Uh, Brokey, another game um, that sort of like what Adam was saying with Returnal is, is very much carried by its its sound department uh, as much as it is the story like the story and the sound work together um and yeah like that soundtrack is is phenomenal one that i actually do listen to quite a bit and really wanted to spend the money on the vinyl but the cost of the vinyl was basically the same as cost as the shipping which pushed it nearly i think it was over like 130 bucks or something for the vinyl so i was like yeah and i don't have have a vinyl player so um i thought well for something that's going to sit there, probably not. Uh, other ones I got is, and I'll give my boy Olivia De Rivier my uh, fave. I give him a big boy. shout. Boy. I, I fuck that up every time. <laughs> I even like I practiced before the podcast saying his name, and I still fucked it. Um, Standing in the mirror. <laughs> I could. That's what I was picturing him in the mirror. Yeah. Come on, you got to get it right. You got to Olivia. Mm. Uh, but he, yeah, a play tale, innocence, phenomenal. Again, carries carries a lot of the emotional uh, storytelling of that game. Streets Rage Four, again, another game that is very much carried by its by its sound department. Um, and he, it's not he's not exclusively the the composer. There is uh, Yuzo Koshiro, who's like one of the old school um, uh, composers from the series. He did uh, a few of the tracks there, and so did a bunch of other ones. Uh, I want to give a shout out to a song called "Down the Beach," but it's spelt with an A, so I'm not too sure how you actually say it. Like "biatch," down the biatch, um, <laughs> which is actually isn't actually on the um, is actually on the soundtrack, but you can listen to it separately. It's I think it's the I best. I was imagining song. like "Down the Buck." Like no. B-A-C-H. No, B- down the biatch. You say. Right. <laughs> you do know there's an A in beach. Is there? No, sorry, sorry, it's a T. <laughs> sorry, it's a T. T. It's, that's it's a, that's exactly what I thought. No, I was like, I'm not going to pull him up on it, no, but it's I'm really confused. <laughs> <laughs> it's the T. Sorry, the T is what I was confused about. Are, are we uh, going to have a spelling segment for Zach next mate, podcast? I'm trying to fucking trying to pump through this, you know. Um, Get off my balls. Great song, uh, best one that's on there. Uh, I've also got Get Even, another one that he mm. did. Uh, if you haven't played that again this this the sound in that game and the soundtrack and the sound design is phenomenal close to my game of the year 2017 was it jordan when you went and played it at i think it was yeah yeah uh the artful escape another game again uh johnny galvatron josh abrahams um incredible incredible uh, soundtrack there. Just pause for one moment because I can't hear any of you. What? Okay, there we go. Sorry, my headphones dropped out again. I'm keeping this in, by the way. Got, yeah, you got sick of us laughing at you, mate. <laughs> no, I couldn't hear you. I could see your lips moving, but I couldn't. I was like, I can't hear you again. What the oh, fuck? We were just pantomiming. 
Um, yeah, so the Outfall Escape, fantastic sound design. Uh, Firewatch gets another tick for me. A game I spoke about the, yeah. other, the other week is a Memoir Blue. Again, that, that game does a lot of the heavy lifting of the emotional side. And the last one is uh, The Order 1886. Very, very, very good soundtrack for that game. So there we go. Oh, no, wait, it's sorry. That w- one more, one more, sorry. And I was going to talk about this one very early on, but a game that I think this one absolutely carries a lot of the gameplay. I think KV would definitely agree is Ghost Runner. Um, for such a simple game in terms of its gameplay, like, you know, one hit, you're dead. You know, basically got to just go through these levels, don't die. Um, this this soundtrack by Daniel Deluxe uh, just pumps you up and just, you know, you die 50 times in level, but, you know, you hear that song start and you just, you're just ready to go again. A bit like um, Tom Cruise in, what's that, what's, that, what, what's that film where he dies like and he just gets back up and comes again? Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Great film. Yeah. We love it. It is. It is big fans here at Well Played. That's it. Big, big Tom Cruise fans, actually. Maybe we but- need a, a cruise cast. One day. He, oh no. Whether whether or not you like the guy, you can't argue with the quality of the films, can mm. you? No, good good actor. I'm a big fan. Vanilla Sky is my uh, almost my pick of the bunch. Wasn't that your nickname in high school? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> that was my nickname in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Adam, what do you got next? Alright, so I'll I'll do the run through as you did. Um, similar to Returnal, I had Hellblade because it has a soundtrack that matches the themes of the the game with uh, Senua's mental degradation, I suppose. So as the the game continues on, the soundtrack becomes a bit more frantic and there's a lot more uh, like chanting and more distinct voices that pop out because at, at the start of the game, the it's kind of not choir because it's very Nordic, but, you know, they're, they're all harmonising. Whereas as the, the game goes on and she falls more and more into this psychosis, a lot more distinct and sharp voices come out in the in the, the music, which is very unsettling. And you put that together with the, the voices from her, I suppose, different personalities, whatever you want to phrase it as, uh, coming into your headset. Like it, it yeah, it, it puts you on edge. And yeah, I think that game's amazing and everyone should should play it it really is something special what i'm also hearing is play it with a headset yes absolutely play it with a headset it is the only way to play that game 100 percent. i played it without i must say i I must have missed something on the soundtrack because it didn't stand out to me not to discount what you're saying i'd have to Mm. do it with the headset just the audio in general like hearing the different voices coming from like the disembodied voices that are just over your shoulder. It's something that you, yeah, you can't replicate with just the audio from a TV. I don't think, yeah, um, yeah. as you mentioned, Nathan death stranding, I think has an amazing soundtrack. It's very well curated and it has those big moments where it opens up into these huge fields and it has that slow melodic music with the, the very, churches. yeah, well, uh, <laughs> churches, not so much. I can give or take churches, but oh, like really? the, okay. I can't remember the name of the the band that pops up over and over, but the the very calming vocals. Mm. It's just yeah, every time it opens up into a really grand scene of just like rolling hills or big green fields, it's always that one band that pops up, and it's yeah, it it gives the the moments more weight. I feel. Um, 
Witcher 3 has a great soundtrack. It's very rousing, filled with folk music that gets you gets you in the, the monster slaying mood. That's pretty much all I need to say about Low that. Low Raw. Low Raw, that's right. Low Raw. Yep, they're great. I, I listen to that soundtrack often. Um, yep, Kojima put j- them on the map for me. Yep. Sorry, go ahead. For sure. <laughs> um, Journey, I think, has a great soundtrack as well. Very orchestral. Um, obviously, there's no dialogue in the game, so it has to be carried pretty heavily by its soundtrack. Um, and similar, I suppose, to Hellblade, it evolves over time. So the the more bleak the outlook, the the more somber the music gets, I suppose. Um, and just a very quick and nothing shout out to, to Minecraft, because I think mm. there are some little chiptune bangers in Minecraft. There's a, a song called Cats that is an I absolute I was about slumber. to say that one. <laughs> It's it is an absolute bop, but yeah, it it they you know it doesn't pop up all that often, but yeah, I think soundtrack uh, soundtrack wise, Minecraft has a a nice little sleeper hit in there. It's yeah, sparing, those are my effective. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I got for you. Nice, wow. Nathan, give it uh, yeah. give it to us. I'll, I'll, I'll breeze through a uh, bit of crossover here. So I don't need to repeat what's already been said. So off the top, we've got the Witcher three. I don't need to add anything here. If you've heard it, you know what it's about. Uh, Guitar Hero three. I want to come quickly wrap back around on that one. And that's got some internal crossover for me. So I think that in my opinion, I think maybe a few others would share it. It's probably got one well, of the strongest, if not the strongest track list. It's drawing from such a wide range of rock classics, contemporary and older and, you know, for me, it was so special to be able to get uh, Block Party's helicopter, as mentioned previously, from uh, Burnout Revenge, as well as, I think, uh, well, as well as uh, Rage Against the Machine's Bulls on Parade from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. So it was really nice to be able to play some of these songs that I'd grown up with through video games and then rip them apart in a video game. Of course, you can't go without mentioning... Uh, Dragon Forces through the fire and flames. So such a defining, yeah. absolutely. I was going to say, no, that's probably the wrong word. It's it's an unhinged song to have at the back end of that game. Wonderful. Uh, Doom twenty sixteen. I mean, by by all mention, uh, Doom Eternal as well. But the issue we have with Doom Eternal is they haven't officially released the soundtrack. What are they doing? Uh, fun fact: the producer for Doom twenty sixteen was the producer for. Uh, the last Bring Me the Horizon album, which in my opinion has been one of their strongest albums in a very the long Kingslayer time in terms one? of production quality. This was the, what was that? Kingslayer or the one before? Yeah, yeah, the one that yeah. had Kingslayer on. Yeah, this was yeah, their that, pandemic that's album. That's such a good album. Just every, every song on that track is just screams production quality. It's so layered beyond what they'd normally put together. So having come from that Doom 2016 background, it just doesn't surprise me. It's a standout, solid soundtrack. Uh, watching Halo week by week. There'll be a, there should be another two episode reviews up uh, this week. Um, it's finding its feet, you know. I really enjoyed episode three. Uh, we got more than we bargained for with Old Master Chief. But one thing that show is showing me <laughs> is just how much that show lacks the distinctive orchestral pieces and soundtrack of Halo. If you've played any Halo, you know the theme, and you know what happens when you're going into a skirmish. You get the da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da, really kind of builds up very very orchestral hype music. get none of that in a show. And it's a real shame because it's a show that kind of delivers on so much of the fan service 
of the games, but sometimes it feels a bit skin deep. Soundtrack missing. Huge shame. And that brings me to the end of my list. Thanks for listening. Very nice. Jordan? Uh, you know, just to, ba- just to back off that last one, Halo, but before 343 came in, because uh, I, yeah, okay. I don't find any of their Halo soundtracks particularly as, as memorable. great. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Destiny soundtracks have been really good. Uh, yes, they have. Uh, Forsaken and uh, Witch Queen, both standouts. Witch Queen's brilliant, yep. Um, what what else has there been? Oh, there's been so much. Final Fantasy VII Remake. I didn't like the original so much. I think the, re- the remake does it a lot better at um, expressing the motifs of the pieces. Um, and then, I'll, you know, I'm not going to take too long. I'll just cap it off with uh, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. This was the soundtrack that made me decide to learn music. Whoa. Nice. And uh, Koji Huge. Kondo is a, is a freak of a composer. Mary Kondo? Yes. <laughs> Yes, Marie Kondo. <laughs> There's some low-hanging fruit there in terms of choice, but not really. They're a bit dated, aren't they? Does it bring you joy? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> I love I love how much you hated that joke as he said it. <laughs> um, but it's you know, like, just learn music, right? Like just, I, I just go I, do I it. Can't recommend it enough. Just fucking do it. That's the takeaway, isn't it? <laughs> it is. So we're going to become a recorder. composer company. No more uh, game reviews. We're just going to go all go learn how to compose soundtracks. I, yeah, I started self-teaching myself um, about 10, 10, yeah, 10 years ago. Uh, a drummer. I've always been a drummer. But I started teaching myself how to read and write music with a piano and I started just composing little melodies. And it was so good for my mental health. And I've never done it since. So I should really get back there. Buy a keyboard. I'll see mine. I should consider it. No, I'm not going to say mine. But you should buy one. Wow. Yeah, get a, get a keyboard. That's all right. I'm all hobbied out with board games for the moment. That'll be a, a task for another pandemic. All right. Let's... Um. All right. We'll wrap through the news pretty quickly. And if anyone wants to talk about anything... Um, go for it. But basically, a new Tomb Raider 5... What? Sorry, a new Tomb Raider game was revealed. It's going to be developed in Unreal Engine 5. Um, R- really cool tools, by the way, Unreal Engine 5. Their fluid simulation is... Mwah. Yeah, it looks it looks How good. How accurate is their fluid, mate? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, they're, 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 honestly, Gross. New E5 is really sick. Um, they didn't announce any platforms, did they? For this one or no. give off any sort no, of dates no nah, it was pretty much just hey we, this is what we're doing uh very cool uh speaking of things that uh are, are things that are real kingdom hearts 4 has been announced uh they announced that in the 20th anniversary e- event that took place in tokyo earlier this week uh they also sorry uh, they, they actually got a pretty pretty meaty trailer for that mm. so and as someone who's not mm. a kingdom hearts fan i was like okay yeah sure um, a, a very stark shift in its art direction. Yeah, it's it looks mm. a lot more realistic and and re- rest in peace, Sora's big clown feet. Oh, his big ass shoes. Yeah, what the fuck? How can they do? How can they do him like they've, that? They've massacred so, my boy. I just assumed he had giant, grotesque feet in there. So, it shatters that. 
bunions. <laughs> what is Kyra supposed to suck on now? Um, but yeah, so, that, so that's, again, we didn't get any any dates or platforms. Uh, so there's that. I know the KV is well excited for that. They also announced uh, that Kingdom Hearts Dark Road will launch in August 2022 uh, instead of June 2022. And they also announced another mobile game called Kingdom Hearts Missing Link. Uh, it will be, we'll be having a beta uh, this year. Speaking of car games, Need for Speed, uh, the next one in the franchise is coming this year, apparently. Uh, BLKV over at Press Start has been listening to Jeff Grubb, who is just been saying on his show Grub Snacks, uh, which is a part of Giant Bomb, I believe. Yep, there you go. Uh, that it's coming out this year, but won't be coming out on PS4 or Xbox One or unlikely to be uh, on those consoles. That sounds good, right? Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, I'm down. The only problem with people, uh, or not with people, but with companies abandoning the PS4 and PS4 uh, and Xbox One is the fact that people still can't easily get supply next-gen yeah. consoles. That's the only downside to that. Uh, first 30 minutes of The Quarry, which is the new, the new game from Supermassive Games. Uh, the uh, it's not, I think it's a, not a spiritual successor, is it? No, it's spiritual it se- spiritual was. sequel. No, yeah, maybe it is. Um, to Until Dawn. Until Dawn. Yeah, it's coming yep. out on July 10. Uh, PS5, PS4, Series XX. Look at that, X. Yes. Kind of came out of nowhere, eh? Yeah, it did. I'm yeah. actually I'm keen for this. So there's 30 minutes of gameplay Same. up that you can watch. That Max Payne one and two are being remade into one game. Oh. Um, oh. I've, ne- I've never played Max Payne, so <gasps> no. I no. thought you would be all over that. I really thought Max Payne one and two would be a defining couple of games for you. I'm keen. Like I've always heard good things, but um, yeah, I've, I've never actually played it. Uh, but yeah, so they Remedy announced that they will be remaking the one and two for PS5, Xbox Series X, and S and PC using the Northlight engine. Um, no confirmation on whether Sam Lake's face will be used or not. Oh, please! At least you gotta have. Be rude not to. You gotta have it in there somewhere, surely. Uh, Trek to Yomi I really want Zach to play it. Is releasing on May five. Uh, Adam, you played it. Wait, you played the preview for that. Do we ever, do we ever talk about that, or was that the episode I wasn't here? Yeah, I think it was the episode that that you weren't here. Yes, yeah, I right. did play the preview. Games got a lot of promise. Very keen to see more. Very cinematic. Cool. Hey, May fifth for that one. Um. And a new game called Warstride. I think it's a new game. I'm not really actually too sure. A game called Warstride Challenges is releasing on Steam early. I'm releasing on Steam early access next week. Coming from Focus Entertainment and a developer called Dream Powered Games. Uh, it's like a f- f- uh, fast-paced first-person shooter. Um, looks okay, it's just a, like a, yeah. a high-score chaser. So you, yeah. you go through levels as quickly as you can and kill as many demons as you can. Um, only got announced, I think, a couple of months ago, so it's a pretty fresh one. But it looks very cool if you're into mm. the the whole Twitch shooter or Doom style, or the yeah. the newer Doom style, I should say. It should be right up your alley, I reckon. 
It's got them very modern boomer shooter vibes, eh? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Very nice. And that's that's the news. This week has been almost nothing. All right, let's go off topics and then let's go home. Sounds yeah. like a plan. If uh, if you direct your attention, hopefully I have put it in there, to our document that we have next to us. I've put in some off topics, which we don't uh, usually do. Best bong hits? Yeah, that's that's the one. We're going to list them all. Generally, I was, inside of a Destiny raid is the best time to take a bong hit. Oh, absolutely. And change Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So... Tonight I made dinner for Key and I and I was a little bit upset that there were no leftovers because usually that's what I have for lunch the next day. Uh, I work from home, so it's convenient. I just waddle downstairs, waddle. It sounds like I've had far too many leftovers. Um, <laughs> grab, grab my lunch and go about my business. But a, a friend of mine absolutely hates leftovers with a passion. No. And I don't think you can trust someone that doesn't like leftovers. And I wanted to know what you boys, what you boys think. Are you a, a fan of leftovers? Do you do leftovers I, for dinner the next night for lunch? Tell me. I think. You Let have me know. I think it's his upbringing. Right. What a piece of shit. <laughs> Zach hasn't weighed in or moved his face, and he is definitely the privileged little shit that doesn't like I'm, leftovers. Look at him. I'm Latino. Uh, I live off of leftovers. Yeah, you do. Uh, My man. But I will say there are some foods that I don't like as leftovers just because they don't keep as well. Oh, for sure. Um, pretty much any seafood. Uh, mate, that doesn't Ooh, even keep controversial. Um, but Hot chips. Uh, hot chips? No. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the same when you... Like, I, I've had, like, air fried hot chips and they're all right, but, like, you know, it's not the same as when they're fresh. Like, like, I don't know if you folks dabble in the halal snack pack. It's getting on in, in its years. It was very much a 2017 thing. But um, oh, it's amazing. Stuff. don't reheat that great. Oh, Not unless mate, you then... throw it through the oven. So, all right. I'd leftovers. still go. Here we go. Leftovers, I like it. Just I was oh. just going to say the same as Jordan. Like, there's obviously some food that works, some that doesn't. Yep. Uh, le- leftovers for lunch, I'll take it. I'll take it every day. Uh, I mean, I had tuna and veggies for lunch t- today and yesterday and tuna and veggies sucks at us um so i think i'd rather not eat than have tuna and veggies but <laughs> i thought you were being responsibly nutritious no i am i'm being tight and tight eh? okay i wasn't gonna go that far well no well i am like it's yeah you know, i'm you know what's a good cheap meal tuna and veggies it's healthy and cheap um but yeah there's some foods that, that don't work hello snack pack so just on the hot chips HSPs, what you do, and you take the meat out. Uh, you can apply this that to... That can be a mission sometimes. No, nah, yeah. you apply <laughs> this to chicken nuggets as well, and you make toasted sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Oh, get around <laughs> this, man. Fuck walk, yeah. Walk, that's, that's... walk me through that. So basically... Yeah, you have to re- you whack it between some bread and you toast it, mate. What is Have you never had a sandwich well, before? Chucking in a sandwich toaster. Like, talk, what's, what's yeah. happening? Well, so, okay, so what, what I, it, let's just say it's nuggets, right? So you, so you get a couple of bits of bread, put some nuggets on it, you, you save some sauce, you, you put the sauce on it, a little bit of cheese, um, you know, if you got a tomato, maybe, maybe, I don't know. A tomato? Okay. Um, I'll, I'll maybe go baby spinach. Fancy. Put in the, you know, Toast that bad boy and you have a fucking nugget toasted yeah. sandwich and it's fucking amazing. Same with leftover yes. HSP meat. Um, you can put cheese on it if you would like. Uh, you can also put yes. it on. You can also put it on pizza. Now you can make. I've made a chicken nugget pizza, 
And you, you, yes, you give me you that face. You just bastardised the Turkish pizza, mate. You're going somewhere. You give me a, <laughs> chuck nuggies on there. No, well, yes, you know why not? You know, you see, see what it's what it's about. Does it work? Who knows? You know, you don't know yeah. until you try it. Uh, and it worked. So, on on the topic of pizza, cold or reheated? Cold. Depends on my mood. If I'm yeah. being lazy, I'm gonna cold. go cold. Leftovers. I don't mind. Cold. I don't mind either way, I'll be perfectly honest. I could go either way. It also depends on how flavorful the base is. If I've got mm. a pizza with a fairly bland base, I want to reheat it. If it's got a, a nice sweet tomato passata base, like a Napol- Napolitana base on it that is quite sweet, cold's fine. Yeah, uh, reheating pizza is a sin. Sometimes when I get pizza, I'll order way more and hold it for, like, put it in the freezer to use later. Because what I do is... In the freezer? Yeah, in no, no, no. He, hear me out. Hear me out. All right. It sounds weird. Have you heard of frozen pizza, mate? No, no, no. Yeah. This is better. This is better. All right. Hear me <laughs> out. Tell me that you get it's cheaper. cooked hear pizza me. and put it in the freezer. No, no. He, hear me out. So I, I, re, I reheat it in the oven and it's just as good, but the base is crispier. Hang on, but, I'm fucking confused, man. The, the actual dough pizza. at the bottom is crispier. <laughs> you buy pizza. I said sometimes, hot, not all the time. Hot, get it delivered, eat like five bits Deli- whatever. Mate, I live on a restaurant I'm, strip. Why the I'm fuck would I get the pizza delivered? for the freezer. That is <laughs> fucked up. And I said I buy extra, not, you know, yeah, I buy, oh, I'm going to have my dinner and then just, no. Nah. How about the garlic bread? Garlic bread? Fucking <laughs> no, nah, you didn't. You can't freeze garlic bread, <laughs> mate. No, no mate. Refreeze, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. well, I thought I was the one with the cancelable food takes, but no, you oh, still are. Oh no, yeah, we'll still dump on you for your fucking See, shit. The thing is, pies, like, mate. if they cancel me, I'll just throw the race card. <laughs> Look, like I'm protected time. now, mate. Yeah. Look, on, on the topic of leftovers, you totally can because, um, look, I. Leftovers was just a reality for me growing up. Didn't think of it, you know. Family, five, uh, you know, I grew up with four siblings. Um, Everyone has leftovers. It's going to happen. Hey? Surely everyone has leftovers. Well, uh, we've just learned that some... Apparently not, man. Pri- ...privileged gentle people why? do not. What, do, what does he not like about leftovers? I think it's the... It's what the poor people eat, apparently. Yeah, he, he, th- he throws it out on the on the front lawn and expects people to just come and scurry and eat it. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, th- I think it's the not as good the next day situation. Oh, I I would argue there are some foods that are yeah, absolutely fucking yeah. better the next day. Mm. So ravioli. he's an idiot. Cold ravioli. Oh, ravioli, yeah. Cold right. ravioli is a banger. 100%. Yeah, okay. I'm yeah. with you. So, fun, funnily enough, so le- leftovers actually got me in the habit of having like a carb-heavy breakfast. So I often have pastas for breakfast. Yeah, I do Woo. that. I would get get around it. Yeah, I like stir-fried veggies for breakfast. No, oh, that's a, that's a good cop too. Maybe an egg with it. Mm. Hell yeah! Just, just like eggs. You can put whatever you got in the fridge in an omelet, mate, and just whack it on, whack it on some toast, and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Make it. Uh, well, th- boys, thank you. That's been a very informative, uh, informative off-topic. Our next Twitter poll, maybe. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. And then you know what the good part about this is. Yeah, good part about this is as well. You know, anyone who votes no for leftovers, we can just you know block them from our pages. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We don't need that kind of negativity in our life. Like you know, cur- curry pies I can deal with because you know, 
Uh, you know, it just, just makes Nathan a bit of a loose cannon, but you know, no to leftovers. In more nah. ways than one, mate. <laughs> Speaking of, there's this bakery that sells this Peking duck pie. It's oh, like, ooh, tell me more. It's like, it's it's that in it's in South Yarra. It's like, I want to say eleven dollars, but I can't. It might be like nine dollars. I can't remember exactly. It's fucking expensive. I'd pay eleven bucks for it. Yeah. Nine oh, or eleven. Yay. Strange choice in numbers. Pe- Peking duck's not cheap to make either. No, but it. The one time I went to get it for lunch, uh, they were sold out. They only had like non-cooked ones, like they weren't. They were, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to fucking carry around a frozen pie with, with me. You know what I mean? Like, so I've never gone back to, to have it. Um, I, I went there like like a few days after, and yeah, wasn't there. But I really want to try this peking duck pie. Just the thing with a frozen pie though is, if you want to carry it around, you could use it for self-defense. Could. Just swing it like Robson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's let's wrap it there. Unless anyone has got any other pressing off topics, we've been. Uh... Uh, all I can say is I followed Zach's recommendation and finished Mirror of Easttown at a good time. That's, yeah. That was a good seven episodes. That was tidy. Yeah. Didn't overstay its welcome. That no, was good. It's like a good book, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought she was. Um, oh, Kate Winslet. Yeah, yeah, I thought she was very good. And there was another. Who's the other? Who's the other main character? The other, the other main actor. Uh, um, the dude from Billy Zane. Uh, American Horror Story and uh, X Men and all that. Uh, not James Marsden. No, no. I mean, Guy Pearce was in there, but I'm not a Guy Pearce uh, fan typically. Really? Oh, he was actually... just kind of a side character. Uh, anyway, there's another actor in. The, I'm looking at the cast, and none of them look like the people I'm thinking of. I know of. the name, and it's not covered to me. I'll get it within the next 15 seconds. Hulk Hogan. Anyway, um, it is. Come on. <laughs> He's dedicated to this. Let him have it. While he's doing that, I'll just say, I uh, I watched the Sonic 2 movie last week. How's that? Is it good? Evan I'm Peters. Actually, I actually Evan really Peters. enjoyed it. Like, it, yeah. you know, it's it's not your you know, 10 out of 10 movie, but like, you know, it's actually a pretty, pretty good time. Uh it relies a lot less on prior knowledge of the Sonic IP than the original did, which allows it to stand out a bit more. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, nice. Yes. That's that's the guy I'm, I'm thinking of. You, Evan Peters. Yeah, I was looking at him on... When you when you Google him, I was like, he's got like long hair. I'm like, right. who the fuck is this character? Evan Peters or Pete, Pete Evans? Evan oh, Peters. Can you imagine? <laughs> for, the, for his generation, activated probably Arvins. one of... The the greatest character actors of his generation. He was, yeah, he was really good in, uh, yeah, in Mary Town. He was. Yeah, nice. I want to go see Ambulance tomorrow night. I think so. I'm keen to keen to see that. Love me some Jakey G. Yeah, I'm Mike, good Michael Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it looks like it's good, Michael Bay. Like I'm alright. I'm down for that. Mm. Two hours and forty minutes though. That's 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 a lot. That's a lot. That's short for a Michael Bay. <laughs> Did you but say 114? Two no, it's, it's, it's just 14. T- two fourteen. Sorry, Jesus t- Christ. Two hours and 14, I think. Oh. Okay. All right. Let me this just, movie's long. Let me just double check that. Like, I, I want to say that, like, Transformers, Darker the Moon or whatever was, like, almost three hours or something. Like, those... Yeah. It's three hours too long as well. Too Sorry, two hours and 16 minutes. So I was wrong by two minutes. Far, you lied to well, us again, mate. I know. I'll be keen to hear your thoughts, mate. Yeah, not keen to see that. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much me. Let's let's wrap, wrap it up. 
now. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to check out any of the content, there's not much going on, but go to www.well-play.com.au. We need all the click ads, ad clicks we can get. Uh, give us those 0.001 cents. That'd be, that'd be great. Have a great Easter. Hopefully Easter Bunny comes to you. Mint, chalk mint, uh, dairy, uh, dairy milk is, is waiting for me in the fridge there. Uh, stuck into that in the baby. fridge. That's a shame. Anyway, let's not. Oh, jump that is a food. That is a food. Oh, there's another conversation. We, we've well, been we've down this road before. before. Yeah. Uh, we like, have. Oh, okay. Before me. All right. Cool. Yeah, but I think we got to talk about this guy. I think we, we need a separate food cast. Maybe. Yeah. Um, we we might do. Well, just fed. battle out in. Um, yeah. The, <laughs> the the no the no curried scallops pie cast. Please sponsor me, Tinnies. Anyway, um, yeah, Merry Easter. What? Happy Easter, whatever. <laughs> Mirror of Easter. <laughs> Take care. Okay. Bye. Have Bye. a excellent Easter. Hilarious. Thanks, mate. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're going to be now. crucified for that one. <laughs>